Welcome to Blackhawks Insider, the official podcast of the Chicago Blackhawks, presented by ChevyDriveChicago.com. Drive what Kane and Taves drive. I'm Carter Baum, and coming up on this week's episode, Colby Cohen and I dive into the first week of training camp, who has stood out, the road ahead with preseason games coming fast and furious and more, coming up right now on Blackhawks Insider, presented by your Chicagoland and Northwest Indiana Chevy dealers. It's all about the drive. Blackhawk season is just around the corner. There's nothing like a season change to remind you to make sure your car is running safely. Your local Chevy dealers have you covered this season with all your service needs. Stay on top of all your standard vehicle maintenance to keep your car in its best shape. Schedule your oil changes, your brake checks, and tire rotations today. Head to ChevyDriveChicago.com to find your local dealer. Drive what Kane and Taves drive. Welcome back to Blackhawks Insider Carter Bomb, Colby Cohen with you. And Colby, we're just about, uh, well, we just hit the second official week of on-ice activity at training camp Thursday to Thursday as we sit here. Uh, it's a nice morning, a beautiful day outside in Chicago, but we are inside where it's even more beautiful to be watching a Blackhawks <laughs> practice in front of us. Uh, one of the groups on the ice, a lot of guys that didn't participate uh, in the first preseason game on Wednesday night against Detroit. But before we dive into the game and, and the first week of camp, I wanted to just pick your brain on what you've seen overall in the last week and just how this team is really starting to come together. Yeah, I mean, one of the things that I've really noticed has been a theme in training camp has been conditioning. Um, I think that Jeremy Colton has put a major emphasis on getting this team's conditioning level to a very high level. Uh, he wants to play relentless in your face hockey. Um, he does not want to give the opponent a lot of space. He wants to be more physical this season. They brought in players to, to fulfill that. But when your team is in better condition than the other teams, you know, executing that relentless style of hockey is just an easier proposition. So um, there's certainly been individuals, and I'm sure we'll start to go, you know, through the ins and outs of that throughout the show. Uh, but I've just noticed that the high intensity and the and the high conditioning uh, emphasis, and that doesn't mean they're putting guys on the goal line and doing. Uh, what we all saw in Miracle, where her again, is, again, is, again, is all, and I did. I will tell you personally. I our coach at USA did that to us one time after a, a poor performance at a U seventeen uh, Four Nations Cup, and the trophy got smashed at center ice, and it was pretty <laughs> scary. I'm I'm not gonna lie, it was uh, a little too close to that whole again, again fiasco. So, um, but no, that hasn't been what it is. It's just been high tempo, a lot of battling. You know what? What I wrote about on the blog last week: disguised bag drills, which are, you know, drills that aren't written up as conditioning drills. But when the player sees that drill on the practice plan, they know that this is one of those disguised, quote unquote, bag drills because yeah. you feel like you need to get put in a bag after because you're so exhausted. So, hey guys, we're gonna do a bunch of odd man rushes, two on ones, three on twos. Exactly. Also, you're gonna go up and down the ice about check, six times in back the course check, of this drill. One on one you know, two on two. I mean, th those types of drills that evolve into full ice ups and downs. I mean, it's really the same thing as, as going goal line to goal line. Only now you're defending a guy who's 200 pounds and skating 13, 14 miles an hour and lean.
leaning on you and being physical towards you the whole time. So um, it's been an emphasis and I like it. It builds a foundation and it gives the guys something to work off of. And, and I think it's, it's one of the keys to, you know, Colin being able to, you know, get what he wants to see out of this team. We heard that word relentless and that type of style that uh, Jeremy Colleton wants to play. But as a player, what does it take to have that 110%, the forecheck, the hard physical game? I mean, we're talking about the conditioning. There's a certain level that these players have to be at to be able to play in the type of system that Jeremy Colleton wants to wants to use. Yeah, I mean, I think conditioning is really important. Um, I think today's athlete probably in every sport, although I don't know for sure because I, I don't follow those sports <laughs> like I follow hockey. And I, as I was getting ready to say, yeah, I think all four major sports. And then I'm thinking, well, I think uh, I've seen some baseball players that throw the ball about 100 miles an hour that, that probably aren't real keen on the conditioning. But um, I think that, you know, the conditioning is a big part of it. And then I think once the conditioning is there, I think it's just a mentality and it's an accountability. Um, and, and as we're sitting here at fifth third right now, they're working on a drill. That's a three on two with a guy standing behind the three forwards back checking the whole way. So it's basically a dead sprint into a back check. It's another one of the drills we're talking about. So I'm, I'm kind of glad they're doing it as we're recording this, but it's a mentality and, and it's, I got to finish my check and it, it's part of the competition of this roster and this lineup that uh, players know that if they don't finish their check and they don't take a hit to make the play and make the smarter play and maybe the safer play at times, um, there's another guy who's ready to take the their spot and and push them out of the lineup. And, and I think that that type of healthy competition and internal competition really breeds championship teams and, and, you know, breeds that day in and day out competition that it's not a switch uh, when you get into the game, Carter, it's something that you've got to practice and it's really got to be instilled in you. That competition has been, I think, the buzzword around camp, the competition, the depth around this roster. We'll get into some of those names and, and kind of who's performing as we go through the show. But coming off of a game, we're sitting here, it's Thursday morning. Um, by the way, I've been told it's National Podcast Day. So uh, I guess fitting that we're doing this. Although by the time you fans at home are listening to this or in your car or wherever you're at, uh, it'll likely be Friday. So we'll we'll accept the the presence uh, 364 days away now. First preseason game, a 4-3 shootout loss to the Detroit Red Wings, but it's preseason. The score doesn't really matter. It, it's nice to get a win, but it, it's not a huge deal. You were on the call with John Weideman on the WGN radio broadcast, filling in for uh, our dear friend Troy Murray. And uh, I want to send our thoughts to Troy as he continues to go in his uh, battle with cancer and take some time to focus on his health. But you were on the call with John Weideman. A, a lot of good things came uh, out of that game and, and some big takeaways right away. We have to start with one Jonathan Taves. First game back in um, 14 months or so, plays 22 minutes last night. He said, Jeremy said after the game, yeah, that wasn't the plan, but you kind of get stuck in some situations. You want your big, your best face-off man out there in certain instances. Uh, played 22 minutes, had an assist, scored a nice goal to lead off the shootout. He didn't look like a guy who hadn't played a game in 14 months. I mean, Jonathan Taves looks really good uh, coming after just the first week of training camp. Yeah, he had a couple of maybe three minutes plus of power play time, which is, you know, the the... I think the goal was probably to get him 17 minutes. I mean, it's hard not to because he he 
you know, he's going to play all of his shifts and maybe even pop out for a couple of extras. And, and uh, the, there was a lot of power plays, though. I think Chicago, you know, had maybe five or six power plays last night. So, and then overtime, obviously, and, and he took a couple of shifts in overtime. But how about he won 15 out of 21 faceoffs, too? Yep. I mean, you can't really um realize how important that is because you're starting with the puck so much more often and with the new makeup of this team they need to have the puck i mean they have guys who can move it who can skate it who can possess it so having taves back to win all those important draws i mean that really changes the complexion of the game but you know he uh it was great seeing him out there last night. The fans were, every time he touched the ice, were louder than any other time of the game. He figures in on a goal. Um, you know, he's a human, and he's got to rebuild some confidence. I mean, obviously, he's always been a confident guy, but he was on the ice after the game. You know, Eddie O interviewed him on TV, and he was ear-to-ear -ear smiling. And, look, I haven't covered Taves for 13 years like the rest of you guys have, so I'm not going to pretend that I... I know these things as well as you all do, but I've heard that he doesn't smile that much and he's captain serious and I've seen it and I I've, you know, played against him at, at different levels and at various times. And, and he's always been that way and seeing him smile ear to ear after a game. I mean, that's really good for the team. It's good for the fans, the community. I mean, he means so much in his sort of aura of being back out on the ice is, is huge for this team. So uh, he's back out on the ice today, which is a good sign. He's practicing today. I thought maybe he would, you know, have a maintenance day as a lot of veterans take throughout training camp, but he's yet to take one of those. Um, and I think they'll continue to monitor him and, and see how he's feeling day in and day out. And, and I think it's a really fluid situation, but we're going to see him play games for the Chicago Blackhawks this year. And, and that's what's most important. I think one of the biggest takeaways for me last night was when he was talking to the media after the game, he said, you know, I feel better today than I did on day one of training camp. And you just said it. We heard it last week from Stan Bowman. Like they're taking Jonathan Taves day by day. They're going to see how his body reacts every single day. What happens next? Not overdo it. But to have him say a week into training camp, and he said it's been a hard camp. You know, obviously his legs are tired. And it Everyone's has, legs, by the way. Yeah. I mean, by standards of NHL camps that I've been a part of, which I think was maybe four training camps, five training camps, this is a hard camp. I mean, they are certainly being put through it on the ice. Um, I don't remember personally as a player taking part in a training camp that had this much battle and this much emphasis on conditioning and skating and physical play. I mean, usually there's a combination of games and learning a little structure and systems, but it's been a hard camp. I mean, I can very much attest to that as, as I've been here every day watching. Um, I even wrote about it, I yeah. think, in, in my first or second blog post. I mean, it, it's apparent. And you're right. I mean, seeing that he feels better today, I think it maybe he's tired from playing in a game naturally, but you know, the fact that he's progressing and he's feeling good and he's building physical confidence. And I'm not even talking about on the ice. I'm talking more physical confidence mentally, if that makes sense, knowing up in your brain that you physically feel okay. I mean, it, it's huge. He did say, you know, it's different playing in a preseason game than summer hockey because it's just a mentality. He said he didn't want to push it too hard in the summer and have a setback, but being in camp and going 100%, I mean, he, he's starting to feel better. He looks really good out on the ice and uh you know we're not going to say anything right here right now about when and where you might see him how many games he's going to play this year but as of right now sitting here on 
September 30th, things are looking really good for Jonathan Taves. And that's, it's very, uh, it's a welcome sight for so many people on the ice, in the coaches room, throughout the organization and fans across the world. So it's really good to see. And um, I thought another, probably aside from that big, seeing Jonathan Taves back out on the ice last night in the preseason game, the other big takeaway for me was Adam Gaudet. This is a guy who he's part of the group we'll get into in just a little bit of you know fighting for a spot on this roster. He's trying to prove himself. Went in last night, started on the fourth line, had a really nice move uh, off a rush, put a between-the-legs move off the elbow of the iron on, uh, in goal and about an inch away from his, his goal there. But he was bumped up to the second line in the second period, just continued to play better and better and really had a strong showing. I think Jeremy Colleton said, that's the exact performance you want to see from a guy uh, on the quote-unquote bubble. Yeah, I think I counted maybe somewhere between like, you could make an argument that probably nine players who played last night are players that are looking to make the team. There's probably another two or three players that played last night that are trying to find a role on the team. So it was an important evaluation game for everybody. And you're right. Adam Gaudet stood out above and beyond. And obviously you already talked about the flashy play that he was able to make, but it was so instinctual for him. And that's what people need to know about Adam Gaudet is instinctually Adam Gaudet is a goal scorer. He's an offensive player. He dominated at the college level in one of the hardest conferences in college hockey. Um, he's had moments in the NHL where he's been productive offensively with the right opportunities. And, you know, I got to tell you, the way he takes care of the puck in all three zones and the speed that he plays with, and then you marry that to the fact that he does have the skill to pull the puck between his legs and tuck one under the crossbar going full speed, you know, that that's a valuable tool to have a guy who can basically play up and down your lineup. If you need him to be on the fourth line and finish his checks, he can. And if you throw him on the second line or the power play, he's going to not, he's going to look good. He's not going to be exposed. He's not going to have any issues with it. So uh, he's a valuable tool for this team, and I'm certainly expecting after last night to see him continue to build on that. I'm sure he won't play on Friday, um, but I'm sure he'll be back in either Saturday or Monday, and we'll probably see Gaudet in the six games. I, I would think three times at least, maybe four, along with some of these other players uh, that we're going to mention fighting for for roster spots. So um, I completely agree. My assessment was very similar. Uh, he, I noticed him all game, you know, not just the offensive plays, but it won a lot of puck battles in the neutral zone. And we talked to him. We interviewed him during the game, or maybe it was even in the post game. I, I'm, I don't remember. Uh, it starts to blend together yeah. a little bit, Carter. But he talked about changing his diet, and he had an issue with his stomach. So that that took a little bit of time for him to figure out what was going on. And when he was able to kind of get his diet you know, in a better place, then he puts on 20 pounds of strength and you can see it on the ice. I mean, last year he dealt with COVID. He's got a chip on his shoulder. He wants to make this team. And last night of all the players fighting for spots, in my opinion, he took the biggest step forward. You mentioned his, his stomach issue. I'm going to butcher it when I say it, but he was diagnosed last year with a condition called candidiasis. Essentially what that means is there's a, a yeast in his stomach, you know, that just exists in the human body, helps break down food and everything that happens. But it, what, for whatever reason, this condition he had, 
his body was just producing this yeast at an incredible rate, a high rate. It caused him to not be able to really keep food down. He said he would be throwing up after eating. He'd eat, take a protein shake after working out and not be able to really have any food for a considerable amount of time after that. And that's not how you build muscle as an athlete, as a player. So you mentioned the confidence he had on that play. He said it's the best he's felt since he played in college, which is saying something because he's been around the league for a while. And he's on a one-year prove-it deal, essentially. I mean, he signed a one-year deal in the offseason to show that he's in a better spot. He feels better physically. And not only is he trying to make this team, but he's trying to prove himself long-term beyond just this year uh, as a, a valuable NHL asset. Yeah, I think you see this when you put an NHL player's back against the wall with a with a one-year prove-it deal. That's when you really find out about a guy and you really find out what he's got because uh, if he's able to rise to the occasion and, and he's able to take that opportunity and make something of it, that's the type of guy that you really want on your team. You want a guy that, you know, when it's not all going well, you've got to go in and prove it because during an 82-game season, there's going to be ups and downs. So you want to see a guy who's able to, uh, when the lights turn on, bring, bring their best, Carter. And um, we're going to hope to see that out of some of the other guys on the bubble because we want to see competition and I'd love to see the players who make the team right away um, continue to compete and they're going to have to continue to compete every day to be in the lineup. I mean, there's going to be more evaluating going on this year with lineup stuff probably than any other year since Jeremy Colleton's been here because he has options and he hasn't necessarily had this many options uh, and most teams really don't, uh, especially you know in the bottom of their lineup. So it's going to breed a, a good competitive group. And I think that's one thing that you could say about Colleton since he's been here. His teams have never laid down. Uh, he has never had a group that has been out of a game, even at three or four nothing. They always fight back. They never lay down. Um, you know, they've definitely at times in the past, uh, let's say, put their foot in their mouth a little bit with the performance early into a game and, and got behind the eight ball, but they always fight back. And there's been a relentlessness from the group. Um, unfortunately falling short at times, but now you start to bring in higher end skill and some higher end players, and you're going to be on the other side of those things, which is why I'm as optimistic and, and looking forward to this season as much as I am, because like, I feel like the personnel really matches the message and the ability to execute the message. And that that's why this training camp has had a much different vibe than, than I think in years pro, uh, previous there's there's definitely that palpable energy around the team and i think even a little bit around the city of like oh these are some big moves the team made in the offseason also all the depth that you and i get to see day to day here at training camp i mean let's talk about that bubble because what we saw in the first couple of days of camp was uh the main group that was on the ice was basically your nhl group your nhl core a lot of the guys really competing for that job the B and C groups, as they were called, was kind of a split of some of the prospects, some of the other people really kind of fighting for that competition. Jeremy Carlton wanted to have those two groups basically go head-to-head, -head, and they did scrimmage on back-to-back -back days uh, last Friday and Saturday for the right to move up a group, to, to show that they belonged with the higher-tier um, allotment of players, I guess you could say. And it's funny because on Saturday, they made a change. They switched a couple guys out of Group A, brought some more guys from B and C up to A. And afterwards, Jeremy Colleton said, look, 
the guys that moved, that, those are the guys that are the bubble. They sat them down before training camp. Every one of those guys knew that they were fighting for that spot. And so you got, you saw guys like Nicholas Bodan, uh, Brett Connolly, Philip Kurashev, Lucas Reichel, Dylan Strom all started in that top group. And then after two days, they went down to the other groups and, you know, names like uh, Enric Borgstrom, Gaudet, Ian Mitchell, Alex Nylander, they moved up to the top group in in all intents and purposes, that's your core. That's the eight or nine guys who are really fighting for a spot on the roster, a spot in the 23-man group, the traveling group that's going to take off for the season opener in Colorado here in a couple of weeks. I mean, that right there is what we have to watch and, and at least to start training camp who the coaching staff had in mind of like, these are the guys we have to figure out who stays, who goes to Rockford, who potentially has to go elsewhere. Yeah, and Rockford's camp opens up on the 4th, and I think that they haven't released any players out of training camp yet. Still 63 here. I don't think having guys sit around is really good for anyone. I mean, right now they've got two larger groups and then one smaller group, and I think that the smaller group, which you know, we'll refer to as group C just because that's what they've been calling it on paper. It's not us. Probably, (laughs) probably mostly those guys are destined for, um, Rockford. And that doesn't mean their chances of playing in the NHL are done. I mean, plenty of guys that, um, don't make the team will, will play this year in the NHL, but, you know, now we're down to two groups. I think there's a lot of NHL uh, guys and core players like Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves in the Group A. And I think there's some other players that are kind of rotating in and out, guys that are going to get opportunities because they've earned it. Some are young guys that they just want to see. Um, you know, Mike Hardman has rejoined the main group. He was in COVID yep. protocol the first week of training camp. I believe this is his second day back out on the ice. He's now with the first group that has Kane and Taves. I think he's a guy they want to see play. He plays some, that style. It's some NHL preseason games. So, you know, now it's really probably they're 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 probably ready to go down to about 50 players, um, maybe 45 players even. And then I think what you'll see is is you'll see those 45 players. Uh, come in and out for the next five preseason games. And, and you know, I would expect to see, um, you know, a different set of veteran guys to bring it, you know, on Friday. Maybe Kaner plays on Friday. I don't know. I, I wouldn't think he's going to go to Kansas City. So I think he would play on Friday. That way he at least gets one early in the preseason at home. Um, and then you might see some repeats from from the game last night. Guys who played well and they want to see again. They want to let guys get on a roll and feel good about their game. Caleb Jones is a guy that comes to mind. Um, I don't think he'll play, play Friday, but he played well last night. I wouldn't be surprised to see him back in maybe Saturday in Kansas City. Um, because, again, this is, this is the evaluation. Um, you know, you can watch guys in practice and you can learn about them in the scrimmages and the practices. But at the end of the day, the preseason games is is where the major levels of evaluations are happening for these players and, and seeing them in, you know, NHL live situations. How are they going to react? So uh, I liked Reichel last night, you know, the youngster, the 19 year old. I thought he handled himself well. You know, it's a big step from 
preseason practices and training camp practices and even training camp scrimmages to that first game. The basically the the dial gets turned up, you know, one point every other day here for the rest. You know, if 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 we start at a one, you know, then you go to a two, then you go to a three. And the, the speed, the intensity keeps dialing up as the preseason goes along because more and more teams are cutting down their roster to their full true NHL group. So uh Reichel handled himself well, made a lot of good plays. You know, he's very smart for a 19 year old guy to have the recognition to know when he needs to dump the puck, know when he needs to chip the puck, know when he needs to take a hit and not try to over stick handle it. The kid's speed and skill are apparent. And he, the more comfortable he gets, the more we're going to get a chance to see that. But I thought last night was, uh, was a good showing for Lucas Reichel as well. Nice little display of skill in the shootout as well. He got his chance. We, you know, we said last week he wasn't going to go out and score five goals. He didn't, you know, he didn't call our bluff on that, but he, you said he had a really nice game, had a really nice shootout move. Uh, I mean, you touched on a couple guys, but over, not even last night, but who are some of your standouts, the guys that are really starting to make a bigger name for themselves over this first week of camp? You've talked about a few of them. Yeah. You, you mentioned the blog you've been doing for Blackhawks.com, some great stuff there, but just real quickly, who who are some of the names that you've seen really kind of elevate their game this week? So I've liked Mackenzie Entwistle. I, I've written about him. Uh, he's been on my flying under the radar segment because I think that he's a guy that has the ability to make this team. And I think he's come in in really good shape. He's worked on things and he's owning the fact that I'm going to have to make this team on the fourth line, maybe the third line. And I'm going to have to play that role of physical defensive hockey and, and, you know, sort of earn the coach's confidence to at some point, maybe move me up the lineup. So I've liked him. I'm really looking forward to seeing Nolan Allen play in his first preseason game. Again, I would think we're going to see him on Friday. Uh, He was the team's first round pick this past draft. I believe 32nd overall, if if I'm not mistaken. But um, he's really impressed me because he's a young guy, but he's big and he, he skates well. And, you know, I heard about how well he was, how good he was defensively, but, you know, he moves the puck well. He's not just some defensive guy who can't play the game. I mean, he moves the puck very well. Uh, He's strong. I mean, I've seen him push guys off the puck at the NHL level, going against Kane, going against Taves uh, in training camp. And, you know, his first pass, his physical play kind of reminds me of Halmerson. I mean, he really does. I mean, he just kind of looks like him. He's kind of a similar build and similar size. And it's, important for people to realize that you know every first round pick can't be a goal scorer necessarily I mean some players who get drafted early on they become really good defensive forwards two-way forwards second line players you know I could see Nolan Allen being a first pair guy in the NHL you know partnering with Seth Jones at some point I'm not saying we're ready for that right now but the way that his game is built I mean Seth Jones is going to be here for a long time he's going to need a partner and Nolan Allen looks to me like, you know, he if his game develops, he he could develop into that first pair type of shutdown defenseman who can also move the puck. You know, you look at guys that Victor Hedman has played with over the course of his career. They're guys who can still move the puck. Are they more defensive oriented? Absolutely. But they move the puck well and, you know, they don't hinder the offense and they're able to keep the pace and and move up the ice at the right speed. So, you know, Nolan Allen's a guy that I've liked as well. So um, we'll keep watching and, you know, we'll see a new group of guys on Friday and Saturday that are also probably bubble players that have a real legitimate chance to making this team. And, you know, as those things start to happen, we'll, we'll talk more and more about who's separating themselves from the pile. 
really a, a, a calming presence back there. And if you're a defensive defenseman, you don't want to hear your name called a lot. You don't want to be the point of the focus out on the ice. You want to be that guy back there doing your job and and doing it well and moving the puck, as you said. But I don't I don't love the term defensive defenseman, and I think I even used it as well. Uh, it's more of a shutdown two-way shut defenseman. Down. Shut because, down. I mean, I look at Ryan McDonough on Tampa Bay, and like McDonough is not a – is not a 50 60 point offensive guy but he's a he's a high end and and he's the best mm-hmm. so like i'm talking about literally the best at this but you know he's just as good defensively as he is offensively and he's really good offensively and really good or really good plus defensively and if we could have a a guy like that to to play with Seth Jones for a long time uh, that's going to make a huge difference for this team just to know that you've got two guys that can play 20-plus minutes a night and and shut things down. But also, you know, when Nolan Allen gets the puck, his head's up. He moves the puck. He's he's very poised with the puck, which, you know, I didn't necessarily hear about that when he was drafted. I heard more about the defense, you know, the strength and all of those things. But his sort of two-way game and his skating and his ability to also be a part of things offensively because for him, the defensive side is easy. That's what's caught my eye and, and impressed me. Well, you mentioned uh... – the games on Friday and Saturday, a back-to-back, a home-and-home against St. Louis as the preseason rolls on, opening up with a nice three games and four days stretch. Home Friday, 7.30, United Center. How great was it to see the United Center with building of fans last night? Loud, cheering, massive, uh, massive reaction when Jonathan Taves was introduced in the starting lineup. That was a cool moment to see. Uh, and then on the road Saturday at 7 p.m. in Independence, Missouri, just outside of Kansas City, uh, not to be confused with, as I did right when the uh, schedule was released, Independence, Kansas, where they filmed Last Chance U for a couple seasons. <laughs> My ears perked up a little bit, but uh, I was That's sorely out disappointed. That's your neck of the woods out there. A little further south, yeah, not, not about yeah, halfway well, home. when you're not from that area, yeah. you basically just assume that's kind of all. Anything in the general yeah, direction. Yeah, it's all just kind of in the middle. <laughs> exactly. No, but uh, it, it's good. The Blues reaching uh, a different part of the state, going down to Kansas City could be fun. The bad part about that is that there's no TV broadcast, no radio broadcast based on just the arena that it's being played in. But uh, you mentioned Rockford's training camp opens next week. This could be the last chance maybe or one of the last chances for some of the guys who maybe aren't quite on the bubble yet but are a little further down the list to kind of show what they've got. Um, Before we wrap things up, Colby, what are you looking for in this next week of training camp? I mean – in reality, training camp has not even 10 days left, five preseason games left. The games are going to come quick. They're going to come heavy. The practices are going to start to become a little lighter as you get going. It's about the games and, and showing what you can do. What, are, what, are, what should people be looking for over the next uh, seven to eight days? Well, chemistry amongst the NHL players and the evolution and the, the continuing evolution of the roster – uh, I think we're going to start to see certain guys, you know, camp numbers will start to shrink. Um, I think line combinations will start to, you know, present themselves. We've seen Kane, Debrinkit, and Tyler Johnson together since the first day of camp. But, you know, I don't know the last time the line on the first day of camp was the line on the last day of camp. I mean, there's maybe only one 
line in the whole NHL that has stayed the same basically for like the last three years. And that's uh, Bergeron, Pasternak and, and um, Marshawn. And even at times they they're tweaking things, but Jeremy Colton said, it doesn't happen. You don't finish the season with the lines you started, but you start to draw chemistry. I mean, Seth Jones and, and McCabe have played together a lot in training camp. I'm sure we're going to get to see that pairing pretty soon, uh, hopefully on Friday, because I'm really looking forward to seeing those guys play, and I won't be at the game Saturday. We're not doing TV or radio on Saturday night, so um, I hope those guys play Friday. But, you know, that that's kind of what will start to happen. Uh, chemistry, line combinations, continued evaluations for the players looking to make the team and you know look guys are going to keep taking steps forward and the and the players like Adam Gaudet and like Mackenzie Entwistle that do are, are going to be guys that are smiling when they're on the plane heading to Colorado on on October the 12th and there will be some disappointed players who are in Rockford who are going to have to go down there and fight their way back up to the NHL. Rockford's going to have a really good team this year I think we touched on it last week but just the pure talent on this roster uh We've got a little two-puck going on here at the end of practice, the one of the sessions here on the day, so that's pretty much our cue to kind of wrap things up as well. Uh, Colby, great uh, great chatting with you as always, and we'll be back. Be sure to check out Colby's blog on blackhawks.com, uh, getting a lot of the insight of who to watch, who's standing out uh, in more written format, and we'll be back next week. I mean, that'll do it for this week's episode, but we'll be back next week. As I said, the roster starts to get a little more definitive, start to take shape. We'll also start getting some of our first couple guests of the season uh, on the show here uh, coming up soon. But until then, have a great week. Enjoy all the fun and, and battles preseason can bring. Uh, hockey's back on TV, back in the United Center. Uh, it's just an exciting time. And uh, until then, we'll see you next time on Blackhawks Insider presented by Chevy Drive Chicago. Drive with Kane and Dave Drive. <laughs>